y'all. Welcome aboard to part two of the bonus episode, Asking for a Planet in Labor. This is a sequel episode. I felt like this and the other uh, episode paired together um, like two sides of a coin that is flipping in the air and spinning and spinning and spinning quite a bit. Uh, sort of. Maybe it's like a ball. All of the elements of both conversations together come together and, and make up some kind of a, a whole thing. Um, and I want to talk about all that with anybody who wants to talk about it. We are going to get into a topic about a recent live stream broadcast that was brought to my attention by Eugene. I'm going to link the video down in the description, but there is a chance that it may be pulled down even though it is not the original video. It's a deconstruction of the original video someone captured. It is a video of three drunk men talking about committing acts of violence and calling for the complete demolition of certain specific tech headquarters that they discuss in their video because they are stirred up about the recent censorship sweeps that uh, techno, corporate, whatever the fuck you want to call it, I call it techno-fascism. They are enacting too late, too late. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take this moment to say for years since Donald Trump entered the political sphere in this iteration of, you know, potentially becoming president, I was telling people to shun him, to turn away, to not look, to not give him attention, do not post about him. At a certain point, I realized there was no point in continuing that. And so when I realized that people weren't going to stop talking about him, I knew he was going to be president. I feared it at the time. I was like, oh, no. As it turns out, it's just whatever, because when horrible things happen, they happen and people get used to it. The whole world wasn't ready for this level of trauma, but it happens. Uh, and the whole world was traumatized anyway. It was just not breaking the skin yet. The thing that I want to say is, um, you know, I also uh, told people to shun the DNC. I have no idea what to do now uh, exactly, but I'm doing what I know how to do uh, and I'm doing the best I can. And that's where I'm at. That's where I've always been at. But there have been times where I've been clearer on what to do and what not to do. And when it's time to look away from somebody that's clearly trying to vacuum your attention for ulterior motives, you know, and I say that as a person trying to vacuum your attention. It's just a good it's just a good time to really start being careful about how we handle communication. And it is not careful to ban anything that that is not careful. Uh, the, the timing is something right now is just the wildest. The only thing that banning Donald Trump's Twitter account could possibly provide to us is backlash. So I, this is something I have feared and I have I have been concerned as talk has been rising about his account potentially being banned and now that it has actually happened and I have seen this video uh, my concerns have been confirmed that I, I have seen and I knew I knew I was I was concerned about this. Um, and there's, I guess, for whatever reason, people, when I brought up this concern before, I got a lot of liberals and Democrats telling me, oh, we don't need to worry about that. The FBI will handle it, basically. 
to, to, par- to paraphrase, uh, you know, and oversimplify a touch, just a touch. Um, I don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. If people are overtly making live stream videos about it drunk, that's just an indication that there's a, there's a further greater volume of individuals considering that kind of notion. And if they weren't before the live stream, they may have been activated after seeing it. So this sucks because handling this kind of content, uh, it's bullshit. I don't want to do it. Eugene didn't want to do it. He, when he hit me up, he was like, I am sifting through a bag of hot, wet garbage. And if you are not in a place where you can get in here with me and help me sift through this, then I'm going to need to take the day to do this and we'll have to check in tomorrow or something. And I was like, well, lay it on me. And now here we are. We immediately jumped on to record this episode after he informed me of this uh, this video. When we start off, we're talking about a reception issue during recording. There was a reception issue during our remote recording that didn't actually manifest in the track. The track came through perfectly clear. But I had to edit in a sound effect to make it seem like there was a reception issue. And so I was talking to him about that when we stepped into the studio we hit record in the middle of our conversation and uh we were beginning there and got to talking about perception and delusions but we uh start getting into the topic at hand after a couple of minutes we discussed the content in this video it it was removed uh i believe the account was uh deactivated or suspended um uh, unfortunately, that, while that silences people, it takes away the opportunity to observe what's happening and uh, makes it seem to people that don't witness it as though it is not as bad as it is or, or what it is um, or the way it is. Banning is something that I feel a lot of ways about. I think there should be uh, ways to know what's occurred and what was said. It's very much like a book burning kind of notion to erase identity and documentation and uh, not assess it and not analyze, not address it. You know what I'm saying? Just to, to ban it uh, is, is quite a move, quite a move. Um, not that I'm saying this should be on the open air. I do not think these people should have control of access to an open air microphone and, and access to communicating in just a liberal sense of the of the way that that could be applied. Uh, there's a lot of nuance to my alarm and concern. That said, this episode, uh, um, Eugene uh, um, is is gonna guide us on a journey up uh, through some information. Um, I. Uh, um, I just fall apart throughout the episode. You're going to hear that happen too. I pull myself together, but I also fall apart. But either way, let's just let's just jump into it because this is a long episode. I cannot make it sound fucked up to save my life. Like it just sounds, it sounds affected over. You know, just you know that was the, it. Still does. Like now that you know, if you go back and listen, you'll be like, "Yep, that's just affected." But yeah, like, uh, I mean, I like that's kind of funny because it's just. I always like to laugh at myself delusions, right? And I had like that that like hippie mystic in me that's still there is like the universe didn't want me to be heard, but we worked together 
to be heard anyways, Mm -hmm. which, you know, because I'm the protagonist of my own narrative, it's all about me being heard, of course. You have your (laughs) own. No, I see your story in this. You totally have your protagonist story. And like, it's weird because it ties in to the, the, so like what happened there in that weird moment uh, while we were recording, I chopped it down significantly because you actually tried to repeat yourself about four times. And then the last two, you actually came in clear, but we spoke over you. And so you were irritated and you stopped yourself. I, mean, I was you, just like, what the fuck is going on? And I, that's why I was irritated. I was like, I have no right, idea what's right, going right. on. Yeah, I don't mean like super vulnerable right now, and this is a vulnerable space. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, irritated like something flew into your nose, like you know, or something (laughs) like that. So it was like I'm, I'm, you know, being neutral with the term. Um, And flying in those. Right. Well, the thing is, is if you just keep talking and stay confident with your tone and finish the statement in moments like that, because you were delivering a thing we were asking you to deliver and it was a short phrase. You could have just carried it through. And especially if we're just talking over you, it'll probably come through. Um, but even with the static, it, it, I pulled one that was, we thought it didn't come through. I just went, it was like the first one you nailed it. Um, and then you elucidated on the last one cause you were like pent up and so you like had more to say. And so I cut that together and just made it real tight. Um, but yeah, we, we performed a wonderful little set of words. Uh, I'm really grateful for the process. That's for damn sure. Word. So what brings us to talking today? What brings us to talking today? You sent me a video that... Um, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's like, it sucks when I have to be like, hey, someone I care about, here's a big, wet, hot bag of garbage in your face. Like I hate having to do that. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And I hear your apology and I'll see you another because it's a shitty thing to run (laughs) into in the world. For me, Mm -hmm. I've, I've found things like this and when I bring them to other people, sometimes it does, it does upset them to a point that, uh, we can't, connect comfortably and that's difficult you know like they're just so rattled by the content and they they see you as a source of their uh their irritation and uh you know just kind of um develop an aversion uh for you know sometimes temporarily but uh yeah this kind of content is very heavy i feel like the benefit though and i it's so hard to talk about any of this but to benefit at least in a bag of wet, hot garbage is that uh, there's, because everybody's in it, at least everybody's dealing with it, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, it's a lot harder, like things that people used to just like at bare minimum tolerate about me and the things that I focus on are all in everybody's face now. So I'm like, at least they're feeling it, you know, Mm -hmm. even if they're feeling it from a real place. And it's about to get like even more feeling based. Everyone's feelings are getting wound up. It's a very intense feeling place for everybody. One thing I'd like to note, I've had a, I've had a real major problem over the last like a few months since I guess September it's been building uh, where um, p- 
people in my life who I, you know, we hadn't had a challenge that it's almost like an earthquake happened and a ravine started cracking between people in different ways. And it just grew like kind of beyond us a little bit based on where, where our homes are built, if you will, on a, on a psychospheric space, uh, on a psychograph. I, re- I remember, I remember in 2004 feeling like, and I'm going to use ableist language on purpose and I'll, cause it's like really, I mean, I've, I've had to deal with ableism. This is relevant to ableism, but like just feeling like such a crazy person mm. talking to people in 2000, uh, actually 2014 was when it was the most, like it was this feeling of like I I I I'm speaking a foreign language to the people that I love, and I desperately need right. them to hear me. That right. that what's coming is a sh- is a shattering, and I don't even know exactly what that's going to look like, but it's coming, and it's not going to be symmetrical, and it's most certainly going to be messy, and there's going right. to be a tremendous amount of movement and change that's going to happen that's going to impact you in your super comfortable positions. <laughs> Uh, and that, you know, and having the time and space to be able to share those privileged positions with such people and develop the capacity to see them as human beings and love what I see. And because mm-hmm. I love them, I'm like, Hey, this thing's coming. <sighs> and I think like you talked about like, you know, the, the cracking and people talked about the divide and whatnot, but again, that's the, it's the colored binary that is stuck in America's face. Uh, it's just not, it's not that binary. It's like a shattering. It's like, I feel <laughs> what's happening right now is I think the most relatable analogy is, is when you drop your phone and you crack your screen. And if you look at your screen, you can see an incredibly complex pattern in the glass that is a story of where the impact started and how that then how that impact the kinetic energy translated through the material of the screen and shattered in a almost always beautiful pattern. And that shows where the edges of the material were, where the weaknesses were, the strengths were, et cetera, et cetera. Like that's what's happening right now. We're going to be able to trace this in history later in a way where we can be like, here's the conditions, here's the impact, here's the pattern of the impact into the conditions. And it's certainly not going to be binary. <laughs> it's mm. not, it never has been. It's not, it's not right now. And like, like what are we Can talking I, about? That's right. <laughs> Go ahead. If it's all right, I'd like to do like a sensorial kind of check-in and talk about what my body's doing right now because we're disembodied voices in the internet uh, <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, we're we're missing some connecting factors, and I want to offer uh, access alternatives. So, um, I feel like I have a bowling ball sitting on my heart, uh, or maybe like inside of it, like pushing the edges of it out. Um, there's a there's a there's a bit of a hollowness. And there's a there's as always a burning hope. It's illuminated in here, albeit heavy. I think I'm good. I think I'm done. I think that's the I think that's the check-in. Word. Fuck. 
I feel you. I, I respect your visceral somatic experience, what we're talking about. I think we should, we should, uh, we should talk about this. I don't want to say should, but I want to talk about this video. It's why we're even doing this. Yeah. Let's get into it. I mean, uh, so well, here, here's I, I do want to say first I I um this is something that I'm not surprised to have seen like when you sent it to me and it started up I was like oh all right this looks this looks like something I'm ready for and have seen happening in my it's like I have um I have calculations in my head based on information that I've gotten in the past on you know what I know exists in society and um. None of this, uh, none of this is really startling to me. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm contemplative in a number of ways. I mentioned that having this kind of content, presenting this kind of content to people, uh, it has a, it has a possibility of creating uh such a discomfort in them that instead of instead of seeking communication they are uh completely averse to it or you know respond with uh defensiveness uh violent defensiveness um verbally or otherwise which is a probably quantifiably less severe outcome than the outcome that we're trying to talk about in the first place, though, in terms of harm reduction. It's true. It's true. And that's why I'm noting it, because uh, this is going to be disruptive to people. For me... Because we're talking about a disruption. Right. That's the thing. That's the thing. And it's a disruption. I think the thing is, is I've been trying to gently inform people for a long time before an escalation occurred, which is mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. retrospect, just so precious. Like how dare I have thought I could yeah. and what would have, what would have happened if people did care and, and believe that things were heading in this charge of a direction. Um, anyway, I guess that's, I can leave it there. So, well, we have violence escalating fast. I don't think that's arguable. It's true. I mean, it, someone could say, well, it's all a lie. None of this is happening. And there's going to be that, right? I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that because that's something I've been uh, – that I've been holding as a possibility my whole life throughout my whole experience of being myself. Well, it's, I mean, the thing with this video is it's going to be harder for pe- – this is going to – this is going to create a, a scenario. It's going to be catalytic for a lot of people who've been, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to validate a truth. Many people have been decidedly uh, insistent is, um, you know, not like a, even a fantasy. It's like not even in the scope of imagination to, to so, them. When we say them, because you're talking about uh, trying to shift the conversation Thank away from you. They, you know, right? I got to hit the there jar. Thank you. So, um, I feel like a good place to start is talking about how this information affects centrists. Yeah. 
And so in order to do that, I, I think it might be beneficial to define what a centrist is with the full inclusion of the reality that other people are going to have their own experiences of that word and their own definitions and their own beliefs around that. And that is what it is. But for the sake of this conversation, I would suggest framing a centrist as uh, the, the inevitable political position of least resistance. Beautiful. But that's really what it comes down to. It doesn't need because, – because politics is about power and, and, and political positions are about groups of power and uh, alignment with the position the, the materials around the material conditions around that and the access to those material conditions mm-hmm. so the gestalt center of stable resources is going to be full of people is full of people in our in our in any environment technically um, and that's the class that that stable system of, of accessible resources and it can ex- extend in non like it can extend messily into other structures but that's kind of the core structure that is that is important to define you can call it the middle class and uh, there's other ways to look at it but the centrist who would, is included in that set who's also an individual who can have beliefs and words that they say and actions that they do that can signal potential uh, individual political alignments with things that aren't established or defined as centrist, but still they are informing the world and themselves from a position of that place of stable resources. And so as long as they have access to the stable resources, they'll adapt however they need. Whether and, and that's what vir, like virtue signaling is. That's what woke points. That whole conversation. It's that social capital part of thing, part of things. And uh, but it, if you see the the stable the stable resources as as a fixed position, which it is right now, <clears throat> individuals who like associate or quote unquote resonate or identify on any level consciously or unconsciously individuals who get close in proximity to that pool of stable resources will become aligned with centrism no matter what because of their positioning and so the information the, the 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 this only matters this isn't this is not this is only, this is like just political masturbation if we're not talking about the context of what brought us to this video, this 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 recording, which is this video, which is um, we haven't even we mentioned do, yet. No, we're <laughs> about to, but I want to I want to do another check in. Okay, your your elucidation on centrists um, brought me right to the edge of tears, and as the sentence is coming out of my mouth, it might tip me over. Okay. I'm just going to be like some kind of a metric occasionally as we work through this episode. We're at 20 minutes now. We haven't even mentioned the thing that brought us to here. Drop it on. So there's a video going out right now, which is, I mean, if we're talking, we're talking about a rainstorm. So trying to point out a drop, anybody who's not trying to be in good faith around what we're pointing out can be like, but everything else is much bigger than this one video. And they would be right. That would be a truism. 
and the point is that if we're talking about a storm, we're talking about a bunch of individual drops. And we're watching the material of the rain change in our political existence with each other right now to the degree where it's containing more and more levels of toxic violence. Now, the we live in a world steeped in toxic violence. And the people that have been trying to point out where that's going to go, probably, if not in our lifetimes, but in our children's lifetimes, probably. Uh, like I heard a lot of people say 10 years a while ago, and I think it's, 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 it's interesting to hear people's perspectives of how things are going to play out. But this video, and it will not be the first it probably is, it definitely isn't the first it won't be the last is uh is right right wingers uh openly calling for domestic terrorism and hate crimes and speaking deeply and vulnerably and openly about their emotional and spiritual experience of that whole uh uh investment in the energy of which white supremacy is absolutely a part of. And he's the great, the great quote unquote, I say that with a laugh cry react part of this video is that the gentleman who's leading it is black. There's two and black men in the video. That's right. But, the, but I'm specifically just starting with the leader who's clearly, leading, he's clearly leading the process. It is an important note. And, and it, like, I don't want to deny that, but the Lord. leader who's, leading the process. And I'm not talking about like leader in a state way. This person was not elected. That's not how leadership, that's not the only way leadership works, uh, is, is black. And it's just, it's, it's, if you're used to wading through bags of hot, wet garbage, you just kind of have to learn to appreciate it after a while. That, Cause if you're like, if you're having to be like, well, I can't keep vomiting, or I can't inspect this wet, hot garbage. So I need to control my biological processes to be able to like acclimate into this without also being poisoned, right? And so in that way, I say it from that place, it's, it's almost beautiful. Like it couldn't be more politically incorrect in the stance to which political correctness is painted only as this gotcha one, two game, this binary purple state bullshit propaganda identity politics thing it has nothing to do with actually seeing people and understanding each other and our individuality and how that relates to our collectivity, our collectiveness, our interconnectedness. Um, but yeah, so these people are openly calling for wide scale domestic terrorism, violence, rape. I mean, it's just a trigger warning, right? <laughs> like we should probably put that in the intro massive trigger warning like everything you're afraid of is probably happening right now if you live in america somewhere and if you aren't seeing it on the news in a sanitized way i would wager anybody right now is seeing it quivering somewhere in their relationships mm. and i think the reason to point to this video is even if we're not talking about a rainstorm, even if you're coming from a place of such comfort and privilege and installation that you can be like, I don't see a storm. I'm literally walking out into my beautiful backyard, looking at my pool, look at these redwoods. It's sunny. My dogs are wagging their tails. You're over here talking about a storm. So then even if you want to switch the parallel or you want to switch the analogy, okay, you have a pool of resources. Well, a drop of mercury is being dropped into it right now. And then it's not the only drop coming. And if there is enough mercury, or let's just say it's lead, uh, which is documented to actually make people violent. 
but let's just say it's mercury. Like it's a little bit more poisonous. Like you're going to want to know that there's a drop of mercury or potentially drops of mercury in your water. If we're looking at a stable pool of resources right now in America, as an analogy of being like water, which power is kind of like water, but that's a whole other conversation. So I'm, I'm, like everything I've been doing on this podcast, everything I've been doing with any talking to anybody, it's just come to a screeching halt after seeing this because liberals are completely 100% incapable of doing anything other than cycling the spiral that this is. They're incapable of it. They're, the individuals are in our daily lives. The individuals that are controlling our lives through legislation are incapable of dealing with this because the very structures that they rely on to interact with it are based upon the, the elements which are going to cycle no matter what. I'm not the first person to say this. People all over the world for a long time have been writing whole books about this. And it's happening right now. And so the only reason that focusing on centrists is important is because the stable pool of resources is, being, is now no longer going to be stable for, or, or its stability is going to change in the way that the stability of your phone changes when you drop it and the screen cracks. <laughs> it's still going to be accessible uh, across a whole lot of levels. But boy, it might cut your fingers. Uh, some parts of it might not work. There might be a higher increase in errors of input data. All kinds of shit. But like the best analogy I can give right now for anybody trying to wrap, wrap, wrap their head around this is like we are the cell phone that America just collectively dropped a few years ago. And the screen is currently cracking. We're seeing the slow motion of that. And if you are thinking that is a easy 50-50 divide, then you are part of the problem. Shit. You are part of, or, or, or to, 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 even, to even pull back and not be such uh, like so heavy handed, uh, as the screen is cracking right now, where you choose to move as the crack moves, the cracking moves through your environment will dictate which shapes are isolated from each other or not. Because the shattering is happening whether you like it or not, no matter how binary you think it's going to be or it is. Uh, it's not that <laughs> at all. It is not an, an easy binary. It is a complex shattering. It's, gonna sh it's going to shatter relationships you, you want to talk about above, below, you want to watch the pattern happen, you're going to watch it happen in your environment and in your relationships at the same time. It's like you said in your episode, all, all ice melts the same. And while that's a little bit oversimplistic, using a material that's disintegrating in some fashion or changing form or shifting in such a dramatic fashion because of certain energies, impacts, and momentums is a super relevant way to think about this that I think is beneficial for people because if you're just splitting yourself back and forth, this binary narrative, then you're just feeding it. It doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make you wrong. It's just you're now part of this spiral of cycling violence and I mean, we all have anyways for centuries now, so it's really not a personal indictment. The idea of, uh, and this is, this is where capitalists will fuck up no matter how, which liberals are, no matter how kind they think they are, they want to be, is <laughs> you can't, 
Ah, fuck, I just lost it. What was I saying? You can't, you can't suppress this shit with politeness. I mean, po- politeness is just, it's like two letters away from politics. Like, God. it's not that hard to understand. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I don't know. Like, I just texted one of my oldest friends who's a very good example of the dangerous, kind liberal. And just recently hit him up today. I haven't talked to him in months and months and months, maybe a year now. I don't know. I was just like, hey, checking in. Uh, do you still think I'm a reactionary conspiracy theorist? Just checking in. We'll see, what, we'll see how that comes back. Yeah, I mean, they're not. I mean, like, I just have had so many people just fucking sever me off of their lives now like lately like during like during the during the swelling of this fucking i mean it's just such a tsunami it's the trauma wave it's the trauma wave that you could it's like if you're stuck in a binary you're always going to look for an end in the beginning of this conversation and it's going to suck but if you're stuck in a binary you're going to look for where you think the violence started and because it's never, it's never started or ended. That's what life is. Life is violence. Then all you can do is try to shed your religious subjective view of what violence is right or wrong upon the pattern of just chaotic, like beautifully chaotic violence that life is. And if you're a centrist, that metric, that religious metric will be the the stable pool of currency, which right now is going to be state-backed fiat capital and uh, the social currency that those who have access to it exchange with each other to maintain position and access. That's why you're going to see the shattering hit relationships because people are so complex that they'll miss everything that's not the binary that they're stuck in mm-hmm. as this shattering happens. Mm-hmm. And so the, the inevitable pattern is, is that that engine of choice and perspective will just simply invest in the boundaries of that stable pool of access and to how it needs to adapt to the cha- to the shattering itself. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if there's anything capitalism is good at, it's extorting people's needs to get them to cooperate. And people are already super keen to do that anyways. So what we're going to do, I mean, like civil war is inevitable and it's not going to be familiar. And we can find familiarities and people are going to cling to it. They're going to cling to their familiarities. It's inevitable they're going to do that. But I mean, I'm not (laughs) calling for it. The reason we're talking I'm, about that is I'm resisting it. No, I'm active. I'm act. Fuck. Give me a second. Shit. Wait, why would you not resist it? Ah, like, damn it. It is a human reaction to be like, no, thank you. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not. And see, the thing is, is where but it's no, no it isn't. It isn't just a human reaction because a lot of people are are shocked at how how vicious they have been lately. I have I have a pending episode that I'm that I'm working on 
I, it's the first recording that I made and I, re- I made it back in like August or, or the end of July, maybe in 2020. And, uh, it's the type of, it's the type of, person that we're talking about that we're worried about it's the picking and choosing it's a it's a strategic picking and choosing of of you know what arbitrary virtue signals to apply to get the most comfortable vibe in the least resistance of what you know it's it looks so different different ways because people have their people have their different preferences and interests and and fears. And so the politics and, and what they choose to virtue signal with get built upon that shit. But in this episode, this person multiple times is the reason why I couldn't air it is because this person multiple times talked through these aggressively violent feelings, um, that, that they were shocked by and seemed to not really even understand how significant and severe what they were expressing was the reason why I didn't put it out <laughs> before is because it I had to process it. I had to figure out what the fuck was going on with it. And then more, you know, the 2020 of it just continued and now we're in 21 and you've, uh, everything that's come out has been what it's supposed to be. And this has been something I've been sitting on working through processing what to do with this content. Um, and this was all delivered in kind of a, a satire, you know, an expression where, where it could be, uh, it could be dismissed and suppressed for a significant amount of time. But from what, from what I track with, with jesting rhetoric, um, you know, at least of that capacity, cause it's like, there's, there's a, there's a pretty dramatic distinction between like an speak of things that can't really occur and speak of things that can. And that line got blurred Right. Like as I was observing this person expressing, it, I don't think she saw it. So it's the, it's the kind of thing where people are either going to lean into it or they're going to start uh, putting their lives under bushels, thinking that they're creating like a safe little bubble <laughs> yeah. uh, in a snow globe, literally, right. that will shatter so, just like a phone screen. So a good way for me that I found to help wrap my head around what I think you're talking about, it, I think, I don't know, because we're talking about heavy, crazy I'm sorry, that was ableist. Really, really intense, impactful, wild concepts and feelings and, and occurrences in our environment. But an analogy that's helped me just find a sense of like just centering myself in, okay, I can just start to maybe think about what this is like. It's like, a ma- <laughs> this is going to sound real weird. Just wel- welcome to my weird ass head. Like, imagine you had like, some fucking fantasy system. I don't even know what leads to this. I'm not interested in the story. The analogy is the point. Say you had some system where you had like billions of bodies in an environment all wrapped up in each other. And when I say wrapped up, I don't mean like weird flesh merging. I'm talking about like, you know, like you're wrapped up with someone you're asleep with. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you have like millions, like billions of people that are all wrapped up around each other. And the bot, the intertwined bodies are also intertwined with just incredibly complex systems, 
knots and distributions of fishing line and fish hooks. Like all these billions of bodies are all connected by this one interconnected or series of all of, of all of it's interconnected, like a spider web, these lines and fish hooks, like the fish hooks are the things that create the tension and the line is what creates the interconnection. And everybody that's been interconnected in this way has been adjusting in their sleep to not feel the hooks in their skin. Right. And then all of a sudden, all these bodies started waking up and trying to move. Mm. Oh, fuck. And, and so, like, your neighbors just being like, what the fuck is this? I'm, these fit, ow, and they're moving to adjust, which makes you go, holy fuck, you're pulling on my fucking forehead because there's a hook in my forehead oh and, my my, and, and, like, right, right under my armpit. And it's like, oh, my God. And, then, like, that hits my wife. She's like, baby, why are you moving my fucking oh whole my cheek? Is, that's what we're going through right now. Oh, my God. And the more we thrash, the more we will tear ourselves into each other. Nothing is moral or about that. Like it's not the concept of right or wrong within that analogy will only be each expression of rightness and wrongness is a movement to find comfort in the pain. And that will hurt your neighbor and your loved ones. And they, and they will ripple outwards from that. That's what we're going through. And so the, in that analogy, in the point I'm trying to make, it would seem that the only way to get out of that is learning how to talk to each other and, and look at the limitations of our movement that are just simply structural so that we can all be still enough to be nuanced enough in our cooperation to start pulling these hooks out. And the more hooks we start pulling out, the more freedom of movement we'll have to address the amount of hooks that need to come out. And because we're all wrapped up in each other and been asleep, and because we all have these hooks, we have like a tremendous amount of skill sets that apply to how we would need to do this. Like being, it doesn't matter how big and strong you are. Sure, let's 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 say you got just some just some big meaty hetero cis dude and he's just like i'm a fucking meat wall fuck all y'all and just stands the fuck up and you know his whole flesh is torn all the fuck but he doesn't give a fuck because he's a big old meat wall and so like he stands up and he's thrown all of these fucking hook and he's ripping him out of his arms and bellowing and whatever he needs to do to pull all that shit off his skin and then when he's done he triumphantly stands upon the bodies around him and raises his arm guy and says i am free and he's not wrong but if he looks at his body his body's terribly damaged he's bleeding <laughs> who's he gonna get help from and his neighbors are probably incredibly traumatized because Hell, every fish hook that he ripped out of himself was connected to somebody else on maybe multiple points. So they're all fucked up. And truth of the matter is, is like, it probably didn't even take the fish hook out of them. They probably left it in there and just dragged it a while and just crumpled the skin up with it, made it a big old cut gash thing. Like, it's, it's so, so from that person's perspective, they just did a lot of hard work to make themselves free. And it's unfortunate how it hurt everybody around him, but now he's free to help them. Uh. And who's the first person he's going to help? The other meat wall. Or not. I don't know. Maybe he's like, ooh, that meat wall looks like he might want to He's going to get. He's going to get himself a white woman. He's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
don't you start with me. I'm over here crying. We gotta make some jokes and fix this shit. You're not wrong. Oh, damn. I need to find the hottest white woman in this whole writhing fucking mountain of fish hook people and just that's my concern. I just gotta get her free and go take her and just put my penis in her in different places. That's, that's <laughs> oh my that's God. Really, you're honestly talking about one of the core components <sighs> of this cycle of violence. I mean, you, and I, I, <laughs> yeah, you'd mentioned it before. Yeah. I mean, I, I, many others have as well. No, no. You mentioned it in the pre-call. You didn't talk about it on the recording. Get into it. That you were what saying you the cishet. I mean, I'm always talking about that. that. Yeah, but tie oh, it into that. this episode right now, because that I don't really. I mean, it's patriarchy, but that word's gotten pretty stale in the fucking human sphere. Like we say really, normcore here, like you know, you sure, can yeah, distinguish I mean, it. Yeah, like we can call it that. Articulate like, its place in normcore. You know, uh, the, look. All I'll say is this, man. It's not a mystery that the urge for cis het dudes to stick their penises and things has like has taken up a lot of space in human culture. Oh, that well what a way to say that. What a way to say it. Like I was just watching this movie the other day that I love and it's like I can't watch a lot of movies in the same way. Well, I guess I don't want to say it like that. I can't watch a lot of movies these days without having a lot of confl- conflicting and complex interconnected and often conflicting emotions. Cause it's like on one hand there'll be this amazing piece of art that's just like filling me with just a lot of human presence where I'm just like, I feel more alive watching this and I can't wait to share that with people. And then there's another part where it's like, Oh, but then there's this bag of wet, hot garbage I keep getting hit with. And it sucks because I'm trying to enjoy this movie. And I'm just sitting here with my popcorn and my 3D glasses. And then it's like, splat, like right in the face. Just like banana peels and used condoms. And oh, my God. Fucking thrown out food in, in like weirdly copious amounts. And like it's – it's uh, what was I watching? I was watching Blade Runner 2049, which is like – it's just on one hand, it's just such a beautiful piece of work. But on the other hand, like I can't watch it without – Ugh, just hearing this spiraling argument of like cishet and I don't even want to say white because it's like honestly cishet my experience cishet men across all races perceived races seem to share this commonality of like just doing whatever they can to reinforce what you call norm core like 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 for instance there was this you know people were of course were saying like oh yeah the movie is has is sexist and I and and I heard that when, it, when the movie came out, and I was like, "Well, yeah, but like, why do you think that?" <laughs> like, uh, and and the thing is, like, saying it's sexist isn't—it's such a really limiting, singular—I mean, structurally singular way of talking about it because it's not that it's sexist; it's just made by an invested cishet dude. So it's always going to be through that lens. And as long as that structure is considered normal, the access to resources to tell, to tell stories on a broad platform that can affect the whole world uh, is going to be dominated by cishet energy. It's why Disney 
seems to like weirdly want to hire overtly out of transphobes and odd roles for their shows and shit. It's, it's, it's weird. It's like this sub, and I don't even know how subconscious it is given the, the climate of, uh, I mean, and I know that this is just like a really triggering place, but like, I think someplace, sometimes you gotta call things where they, where they are, but like, you know, transphobia is like a, I mean, that's like a fundament of, of Nazism, but it's not a fundament of fascism. I don't think. Like you don't, you can have fascism that absolutely allows for the binary, the patriarch, the patriarchal binary to, to dissolve and, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Medical fascism makes a lot of space for that in different lenses where medical fascism would exist. Like there's, you're talking about that pattern of people needing to change their bodies in a medical way to fit any aspect of the binaries lens. I mean, uh, I guess I don't want it to sound as like militantly forceful in the, like the lens on that is so future, future level. Like we're not living in that timeline at all, but like in a, you know, I could probably point to, to different works of fiction. I have some planned works of fiction in which there's worlds where it's like expected for people to have transhumanistic augmentation which transhumanism is like a distinctly separate thing from gender variation other than that uh there's like a there's a film that came out in the 90s called gender knots that's about transhuman mm-hmm. people of all different kind like it's well i'm right because transhumanism involves transcending your 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 body Right, but not all not all forms of transgender existence include transhumanism at all. Right, right. I'm just trying to parse out the territory. Right. So when I when I'm saying that there's for you know you were saying like a form of fashion, I just want to be real specific about the nuance Uh because that's not a world we're living in. But in a world of fascism that isn't Nazi because Nazism doesn't allow for any form of queerness. It's very hetero, it's cishet centric period. Um, but, uh, a form of fascism that would allow it would include medical centrism. Like it would be very focused and integrated in the culture of that rigidly enforced institution. Does that make sense? Um, Am I still leaving that messy and weird? It, no, it does make sense. And it's like, we, it's, I, it's hard. Cause like what brought us to talk about this is something that is like immediate and practical and happening right the fuck now. Um, and it's so like, I, like now that we've gotten that out of the way, I don't know what to do with that. I mean, I, that's right. a conversation that we all need to have. So it's no, wonder and i just want to note this for how this contributes to the cycle of the spiral of violence i want to note that we've hit this point where we're just going into like theory and philosophy now well, and so anybody anybody watching this who is not in good faith for actually talking about how to do something about this who they just want to calm shit down so they can enjoy the access to resources they have is going to be like well look because these people talking about this don't have immediate singular digestible sound bits that i i want to identify as quote unquote the answer therefore everything they're saying is disqualified uh and look at all and they just they don't have any practical understandings or skills so they're just gonna talk about philosophy and shit so i just want to note that like i mean we're we're taking a sec it's kind of you know it's not um well there is no final solution 
I think that's important yeah. to remember. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> well, wait, that's exactly the thing. Did you hear what you just said? Yes, I did. Okay. That all right. I just had to make sure. Cause I'm like, my head's a little spinning. <laughs> there yeah, is no final solution. A, that was a joke, right? There's no fun. Oh God. A joke. joke? As oh my God. I'm slow joke. right now. I'm, t- I'm like yeah. two seconds behind. <laughs> No, you're not. You're just not used to jokes not being a matter of just punching down all the time, which is most humor is in our environment. Uh, Because there is plenty of final solutions being developed in millions of minds right now. Well, that's the thing. I was going to say. commonality that's going to allow them to feel like their delusion and their experience and their beliefs and their religion are real. And they're going to find the places of power that validate that. And they're going to make up whatever shit they want to make up. I mean, they don't need to understand each other or agree with each other because they're just going to lean on the foundations of power that maintain the pooled resources. And they're rubbing shoulders with the people that claim to be their opposites and linking arms and doing a little spin that we're all caught in. And they're spinning and spinning and spinning. But it's all about the access to resources. That's what it is. So that's not a mystery. Well, I want to say the one thing I want to say is that, like, um, there's a lot of work going around that's basically this tone. I just there's a line from the film. Sorry to bother you. That's that's flashing up in my head. It's been in there for a couple of minutes about um, it's it's basically like uh, if people are shown a problem but have no idea how to how to solve it or control it, then they just decide to get used to the problem, basically. So check it out. We have we're already like almost an hour into this, and we, you are the one who posed the wisdom of being succinct. So we've talked a lot about fascism. If we're going to end soon, I want to lay out a tool that anybody can use to participate in this conversation. It is not the only tool, and I invite people to bring tools in good faith to this conversation to talk about what's happening right now in the spiral of violence that's related to the conversation of fascism in our environment. So. There's a smart person, probably a bunch of smart people. I don't remember their names or the dates they were born. They came up with this thing called the 14 points of fascism. Is it okay with you if I just read them off and briefly describe them? Because this will be recorded and people can go over it in their own time. But this is a tool that anybody can access if they have the time and space and ability to think about it. When was this made? Uh, I don't even remember. It's like, uh, it's, uh, it, it was made in my lifetime. That's for damn sure. And it came from a portion of academia that I believe is European and is probably within the last 10 years, I think. Uh, and I originally thought it was one person who was attributed to this when I was learning about it. And then I, but then when I went to reference it again, I found other authors. So I don't know the authors, I don't know, fucking out there. If you're listening and you care, do the research, figure it out. 14 I, points of fascism. I do want to hear it. I do want to say, though, I am remiss about uh, content regarding defining fascism that came out after 2000. Cool. So you can, you can, we can, I just want to put this out there because if you have a better tool, I'm into it. Word. Ready? Yes. All right. Number one, powerful and continuing nationalism. Fascist regimes tend to make constant use of patriotic mottos, slogans, symbols, songs, and other paraphernalia. Note, that includes the national anthem. And that includes the, uh, you know, uh, Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Uh, 
Continuing, flags are seen everywhere, as are flag symbols on clothing and in public displays. Most of the liberals that I don't talk to anymore that I love are just, they, like, they required to put a flag somewhere, American flag in their house. Oh. And try to point that out, right? Uh, number two, disdain for the recognition of human rights. Because of fear of, of enemies and the need for security, the people in fascist regimes are persuaded that human rights can be ignored in certain cases because of need. The people tend to look the other way or even approve torture, summary execution, assassinations, long incarcerations of prisoners, etc. Note, in our current situation, we need to understand that what was just said is in reference specifically to fascist states. Fascism isn't just the state structure. It's the people that make it up. Any liberal that has walked past a homeless person that is clearly withering on the street because of their need to get to work is participating in point two that I just read off. Number three, identification of enemies, scapegoats as a unifying cause. The people are rallied into a unifying patriotic fervor over the need to eliminate a perceived common threat or foe. Be it racial, ethnic, or religious minorities, liberal, liberals, communists, socialists, terrorists, etc. Right now, I see a bunch of crayon politics that are just blue and red pointing at each other and spinning. I so mean, I would say both, there's both a one side of that. Sorry, say that again. So both Dems and reps are doing that. They are, they apply to three. Word. And then I just really, it's like, I mean, while you were saying that, I was like, oh yeah, there's one big orange foe, one big orange, you know, to whatever, but yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Supremacy of the military. Even when there are widespread domestic problems, the military is given a disproportionate amount of government funding and the domestic agenda is neglected. Soldiers and military service are glamorized. Shit. Note. If that doesn't apply to liberals structurally, because they've been literally feeding and justifying the process of that, regardless of any emotional or intent behind, behind any, besides any intent in their participation of maintaining the structures that create point four, which is the supremacy of the military, through their very taxes and labor, because of how they're extorted to choose to spend their time every day by the structures of the state, you're still reinforcing the supremacy of the military. So point four is absolutely applicable to Democrats and Republicans. Word. And then on that note where you, you got real granular about somebody walking past a homeless person, anybody who had a, a laughy celebration about the FBI in January oh. that was oh, yeah. around and doing FTP I'm and fuck the police and BLM in June, mm -hmm. all of that. And then they're coming up and just being like, yeah, I love watching fucking stormtroopers carry people away screaming in handcuffs now. Uh -huh. Yay. Uh -huh. Right. So that's, that's, uh, number four. I just want to talk about what's that, who's that motherfucker that was like, I may not, I may not fuck with what you say, but I'll, I'll throw down, I'll pull up on some motherfuckers for your right to say it. Who said that? Who was that quote by? It sounds like some hot garbage. It is hot garbage, but it's still kind of true. <laughs> like it's not a hundred percent of the way, but in this instance, that kind of shit is applicable. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. So number five, rampant sexism, the government's, of fascist nations tend to be almost exclusively, exclusively male-dominated. Under fascist regimes, traditional gender roles are made more rigid. Opposition to abortion is high, as is homophobia and anti-gay legislation and national policy. Number five, we can, <sighs> wait, on wait. a surface level, oh, on a surface level, if you wanted to not do a deep dive for the sake of being practically accessible to a wide audience, we could say, okay, on the surface for sure, and we're not even going to question underneath it right now, because 
the Democrats have already hit every point on this list so far. So on this one, we could even be generous and be like, on the surface, they are overtly and legislatively not this. Wait, right? Wait, though, because black trans women suffered in San Francisco incarceration systems because Harris directly. Right. Literally directly. Which brings me to the link to the, like... The, the leak of the right wing that has a hole in it that leaks into the left, which is cis heteronormativity. That is it, rampant sexism to expand on that and include cis whole, like, you know, cis, cis heteronormativity or even just cis, cis normativity, right? Uh, would be, I think, in alignment with the integrity of the structure being presented with these 14 points. And to that degree, even if it's not a policy level thing, I know so many people that lap that like just joyfully and deeply into their souls lap up like stuff that's invested in transphobia and don't even understand it. Oh, don't have the, you know, so it's, the Democrat, the democratic party, I think I, this is kind of a recent reveal to me in my mind. I think they are the cause of the hierarchy structure of like lesbian, gay, bisexual, and then everybody else just falls off. Everybody else yeah. is just chasing the bus. Anybody who's doing anything, <laughs> pansexual, uh, you know, asexual, gray, sexual, trans people, all of the, anybody so, who's falling. So six controlled mass media. Sometimes the media is directly controlled by the government, but in other cases, the media is indirectly controlled by government regulation or sympathetic media spokespeople and executives. Censorship, especially in wartime is very common. Uh, so many of my friends, some of them aren't even like remotely radical, are not allowed to post in groups or make groups right now on Facebook. Why? Uh, because the state and corporations are cooperating to make sure that certain information isn't allowed into the public discourse that might foment civil war. I see. And because they don't actually have a robust intersectional analysis of what that means, it just means don't don't do anything that feels like it might state destabilize the state at all. I see. So even if you, even if you're peacefully and succinctly, you know, uh, articulating anti-statist knowledge and understanding and theory and praxis, that's considered threatening because of what just happened at the Capitol now, which well, is well, exactly what we've been talking about, how it will happen. It's, it's been occurring. It's been occurring in some bizarre ways. I'm sorry. Uh, you can finish. It's happening in a lot of ways. It's happening in a lot of ways. I mean, they just they just banned the whole massive company. They just ba- banned businesses from like existing on certain platforms. I mean, so that, that aside, I, I've been tracking for quite some time. I know. Um, I'm saying it's well, I, it's it was it was confusing a little bit. It was confusing why they were kind of blanketly targeting um, <laughs> a, a disproportionate amount of POC and black uh, mystics, specifically people who do uh, like chaos magic and hashtag that or, or shadow work, dark work, hexing kinds of, uh, um, you know, if they have any hashtags like that, they're all healers also, but people who do, who, who speak in, in language of like, uh, you know, it's messy. That's why I'm saying it's like the phone shattering. 
Like the people that are being impacted by this aren't being impacted because there's like this like super beneficent omni sense that's working with us. It's chaotic in the way that chaotic is based in many aspects on destabilization. And if people want to talk about chaos and just destabilization, that's not cool. But if they want to talk about the aspects of destabilization of chaos, then yeah. And right now, the uh, certain as- chaotic aspects are cycling because of the materials at hand. And so because of the, the, you know, the, the, the analogy of the cell phone cracking is only useful for understanding the like misunderstandings of the divide between the civil war that's unfolding in front of us. I, I'd, like so, to, I'd like to throw out a little, um, you know, just a visual tab that can can just be attached to the concept of chaos and the relationship it has with order uh, in like a, a pregnancy and a birth in the sense of like cells are stacking and growing in a very particular order. And the process of birth involves a lot of chaos, like labor and birth are both that uh, the cycle then repeats and repeats and repeats. Um, and that I just want to throw on there because I feel like chaos is getting thrown around a lot lately. Yeah. And people weaponize the understanding of that. And they don't understand that chaos is, is ubiquitous. There is nothing that you can point at that is not in the process, isn't chaotically being, isn't chaotically interacting with the environment. And that's, of course, a massively infinite conversation around how materials and chaos, which is entropy, how, how that plays out and then it's, how order emerges from that, you know, but, but let's please stay focused. One, one thing it's happening within this conversation and it's happening within our bodies, us, our listeners, everybody, mm-hmm. the yeah. people who are not listening, all of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's mm-hmm. move on now. Uh, number seven, obsession with national security. Fear is used as a motivator tool by the government over the masses. If liberals don't love cops, I don't know what they love. Mm. Uh, I don't think I need to say more than that. Religion and government are intertwined. Government and fascist nations tend to use the most common religion, and the nation is a tool to manipulate public opinion. Religious rhetoric and terminology is common from government leaders, even when the major tenets of the religion are diametrically opposed to the government's policies or actions. That's really obvious when you have familiar structures of religion like Christianity, uh, and, it's, and it's an easy scapegoat because then you get atheists who are like, I don't believe in Christianity checkmate everybody ever i've got it all figured out and then they because they don't they're not actually doing any critical thinking around the process they're just operating off of reactionary rejection they latch on to whatever aspects of that worked in the first place that are that are like different enough to account for their individual needs perfect example is the new age hippie movement it's all just restructured christianity and rebranded and it's all gate kept and you could go on but i could just whatever i don't want to the point is is that you can even point to atheists who are children of in very religious people uh who latch on to similar religious patterns that do things like deify authority, uh, assumed authorities and p- assumed power structures, assumed consequences, cognitively dissonant um, justifications for things, magical thinking, et cetera, et cetera. All those things, which are all very complex, can lead to someone building a religion with other people without ever calling it a religion, which is what allows people to say that freedom of religion is a thing because they define it as just like a tax 
thing. And instead of understanding that religion is a really complex thing and not just bound by the confines dictated by the power structures that run that conversation, which are diverse. Uh, so religion and government are intertwined. I think that personally that is overtly part of the right wing, the religious right for sure. The, but liberals, I mean, I don't want to spend this episode unpacking this one point or this one topic, but I would challenge there's any liberal plenty, out there. There's plenty of Christian liberals, religious liberals. I've got. I talk about the ones who think they're not religious, who are doing religious shit. Okay, that, yeah, let's focus that's on relevant, that's, that's relevant to the fact that point eight is that religion and government intertwined because you'll get liberals who are acting off of religious processes. They think they're being reasonable and logical, though, and they're because of that doesn't make them bad people, but it means that their energy is focusing, focusing on material conditions that will continue to cycle the violence. Yeah, well, and okay. It is, a, it is a bit interesting that an atheist would be like, I'm an atheist, but I'm down to, I'm down to fuck with a democratic politician that is doing Christian performative sure. rhetoric, even sure. at sure. least. Um, Cause then they're, they're sort of saying, that they're willing to trust that even though right. they, they, they'll put their faith in it, even though they don't have any faith in it. I mean, th you could say that I would, I would put forth and we could do an episode about this or somebody could do whatever they want with this, but I don't want to unpack this, but I'll put this claim out there for further discussion that there are people that approach atheism in a religious way. Absolutely. So Absolutely. the point eight, point eight about religion and government are intertwined. You'll find that in individual people's beliefs and that governs then how they interact with the, the quote unquote democracy. That's just a binary choice. That's spiraling this like this violence, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Number nine, corporate power is protected. Do I need to talk about that? Mm -mm, move on. Okay. Uh, 10 labor power is suppressed. Do I need to talk about that? Nope. We all understand. How's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? <laughs> okay. 11 disdain for intellectuals in the arts. <laughs> that's, that's that. Like when, if someone wanted to be like an absolutist, which isn't very reasonable, they could say, Oh, this is where liberals aren't on the list. So therefore they're not fascist. Well, of course, art in school in academia is called liberal arts. And so I'm confused. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? No. So, so therefore clearly they can't be fascist. I don't I understand. Please explain. I'm confused. And I actually, I already yeah. reject what you're about to say, but go ahead and say it anyway. <laughs> all I know, I mean, all there is to say is that we're talking about rainbow fascism. You know, we're talking about multiple forms of fascism existing simultaneously. It's not just Nazis. Nazis are there, but they're like easy to see. Like they're the, they're the, not anymore. Well, not, I mean, it's kinda, like, it's like, it's like they can't resist. I'm, but I'm, I'm looking at a meme of Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man. All of them are Nazis right. calling each other Nazis. And like, well, I'm just yeah, like, but that's, that's where we have to talk about foundational common cause shit. Like, like you can be a fascist and not be a Nazi. That's why earlier we were talking about you can have a culture, a government, a state structure that isn't cishet normative, that's not patriarchal, and it can still hit every other point of fascism on this list. So my, I get okay. How far are we in the list? We're on twelve, right? Uh, eleven. Eleven. Oh no, we just hit eleven, which is disdain for intellectuals and in the arts. 
But that's like kind of like you can see it, not see it. Like we're living in a complex time where the internet makes art no matter what. So people that are raised by by parents right now who aren't interested in that pansy gay dancing shit or that weird jungle dancing music, uh, their kids are like just being bombarded with like just thousands of channels of appropriated culture into like consumable media. So like what, what race and gender and sex are exists in this mind blowingly complex, blurry cloud of information that their parents have like no idea what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) I talk to people about their kids on the internet all the time. And here's the thing. So here's the thing. This is where you want to get real fucking meaty. You want to get bloody. Always. So the disdain for intellectuals in the arts where centrists are like, so if you take your average, like say someone just who has the access to a music studio, right? Like they can express themselves and, and have a, a personal experience of personal freedom to express themselves to such a degree. And they've shared it with so many people that if you were to be like, yo, the political structure you support is fascist. They'd be like, how can you say that if this point Number 11 is the disdain for intellectuals in the arts. Like all I do is make art and have intellectual conversations with my friends. That's like all of us. We have a whole industry. Built around <laughs> it. We, have like, we have like whole franchise underground structures built around it. Like it's a, it's literally an industry. How can you say that this is fascism? Right? So that's where people who either are just in not in good faith or just aren't able to really wrap their fingers around some of the complexities of what fascism is will try to steer the conversation away into the familiar power chords of norm core culture be because i can definitely tell you there's plenty of like white boy djs out there that don't understand beyond the gender binary and all and who are invested in like Many of these other points, you know, like the gear they have is from a corporation. Why do you want to fucking take away the corporation making their gear? Like that's fucked up. You are, what is it? Do you disdain art? You must be a fascist. (laughs) So anyways. Okay. I mean, it also seems to just, I like culturally, I don't see anything from like the middle class that really respects the levels of art that I have found. Like that a lot of them don't sure. know about like sure. underground, like house concert yeah. scene. Like yeah. they'll, yeah. they do house concerts, but they don't know about house concert scene. They have, we can, we can talk about the disdain of cishet normcore centrists for anything out the anything outside of the cishet lens of storytelling as a form of the disdain for intellectuals in the arts. Well, I mean, I'd say there's a this is where the the fetishism comes into play because it's not sure. It, you know, they'll start talking about what about Freddie Mercury? What about David Bowie? What about Prince? What about right Michael Jackson? What about uh, sure. you know? They'll, they'll start right. reaching and grabbing. They've got to actually. Capitalism they literally have a deck. Huh? It must commodify. Right. Capitalism right. must commodify. Well, okay. So here's the thing, though. Um, so I could make uh, I can make a short list of genres that they fuck with, but not the real versions of. Right? Like they'll maybe some of them are like 
you know, hobbyists. And so they'll like go in and do the research and they get all academic about it and whatever. Uh, We could do like a a lot of episodes about politics of history of music and whatnot, but we can bring it real practical real quick. And we could talk about point 11, which is the disdain for intellectuals and the arts and talk about how that relates to capitalism and liberalism. When you have places like San Francisco, which used to have a massively bustling nightlife scene that ubiquitously had a blanket of not a allowing quote-unquote rap music events. Right. So just because there's not a policy that says you can't be intellectual or do art in the state doesn't mean that the state is not composed of individuals willing to participate in facets of disdain for intellectual and artistic human experience for the sake of profit. Right. Yeah, and I mean, it it even, like, centrist communities will eat themselves alive with it. I just briefly want to mention there was, like, a punk Mm -hmm. scene that was funded by a nonprofit in Marin County. They had a really cool venue, a youth youth Mm -hmm. space, community space, when I was Mm -hmm. young. And there were reasons. I'm not getting into the politics or breaking down any part of it, but uh, they ate it alive because of the, right, like, this liberal community. There's people right now sitting on boards to help reinforce the landlord class crying out for law and order who are like staunch Democrats and consider themselves incredibly liberal minded people who, who grew up breaking the law whenever they felt like it. Cause they could throwing parties and shit. Sure. Like illegal, illegal parties all over the place. Oh, they still will. They still will. It's like, Selling and taking drugs, like the entire music scene in California or up the entire West Coast is entirely fueled by the drug industry, well, the and illegal the, drug industry. They will um, they will drive their little te- they will drive their little Teslas to and fro a little tipsier than they fucking should be or outright drunk, busting out, going places they shouldn't unmasked during shelter in place. Like when yeah. we have I mean, no, we when spi- we have no space in the ICU, when we have no space can, in the ICU behavior like that, yeah. we can spiral. On we could, for, let's not, okay. let's move on. Let's, let's go. Let's Cause on. we're, right. we're getting close uh, to the end. Right. Right. There. Uh, number 12, obsession with crime and punishment. Oh shit. Do I need, no, do I go. need to, let's keep going. Do let's I keep going. To, yeah. Okay. Uh, 13 rampant cronyism and corruption. Ah, fuck. Ah, fuck. Okay. I mean, I don't really. No, let's just go. God, no, we could, we could, we could. It's like a nice little view, and we could stay for a second. But let's fucking move on. We're almost at the end. We're almost at the top. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is the really interesting one. This is the last one. Fourteen fraudulent elections. Oh fuck. Sometimes elections in fascist nations are a complete sham. Other times elections are manipulated by smear campaigns against or even assimilation of opposition candidates, use of legislation to control voting numbers or political district boundaries and manipulation of the media. Fascist nations also typically use their jurisdiction, their judiciaries to manipulate or control elections. So this is where one of the people who stormed the Capitol would listen to this podcast and be like, See, I'm a freedom fighter trying to topple a fascist nation. Mm-hmm. And like, because just like some liberal person who's not trying to see past the spiral would try to, you know, be an absolutist and be like, well, look, America only hits 12 of these 14. I think perhaps maybe we need to uh, maybe tone down the alarmist rhetoric a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the same thing is a right winger being like, see, this one thing is like, I have a whole religious thing built up around and it, 
then not only casts a unique lens on the rest of these points that I can then cast the Democrats within, but because I'm a human being and being a human being kind of inherently means thinking and learning, some part of them is like, and all of these things are inherent in the state. I'm just working off of my religious belief that there's like such a thing as a good or a bad person. And we just need good people in these statist positions. Mm -hmm. And it's the same cycle of violence. And all these purple motherfuckers are going to suck us in and kill us in some fashion because we're all going to die no matter what. So you can be like, well, you know, that's alarmist because we're all going to die eventually. It's like, but what conditions do we want to die under? <laughs> uh, fuck. Right. And, it, uh. and if you have the ability and the luxury to be like, well, the way it's looking right now, these conditions are going to be dying surrounded by my loved ones in a warm home. Then... Boy, is that going to be an interesting journey for you over these next few years. Mm. And I, I just can't help but wonder how that stress of having to maintain that while the circumstances of the environment spiral as they will, and then how the chaos creeps into their interpersonal relationships. Mm -hmm. Because any conversation that jeopardizes the access to resources will cause conflicts. Children will fight with parents. Mm -hmm. Cousins will fight with cousins. Mm -hmm. Neighbors will fight with neighbors. Brother will fight with brother. So anyways, I think that was a pretty long episode given the confines that you've been putting forth for consideration of keeping things succinct. Well, I think, we're all, I think we're all hanging in there. This one, we're doing okay. I don't We're know. Doing okay. I think everybody's everybody's heavy. Everybody's heavy. As far as as far as conversation fatigue goes, I don't think I don't think we've hit that. Uh, uh, no, I just don't think there's anything to be said for this episode anymore. I do want to say a couple of things. Sam. So I guess I do. I want to talk about my because I've been talking a lot about the word fascism. I've been talking a lot about the word fascism, and. Uh, my concern has been that people are pointing all in one direction at something that I'm not convinced is quite fascism and behind them advancing in a goose step is blue wave fascism just fast. And it's come yeah. so quickly in so many forms. And so yeah. I'm like one thing I'm confounded about. Why is Operation Warp Speed a thing that's happening? Like, I'm so confounded by how the trajectory and momentum of that, like, took and picked up and moved through. I'm confounded by, like, the military massing outside of the White House as, like, the inaugurations being prepared for. I just saw one little picture. I'm just kind of like, oh, my God. Like, this, I'm, just, I'm in my unicorn coloring books, as always, and peeking my head out occasionally, just, you know, I'll get in the internet and something comes through the feed and I'm like, oh, fuck, there's something. But I have muted the words Biden and Harris. So it, I needed to I needed to throttle that shit. The, the thing the thing is, is it's like, uh, you know, it sounds like it sounds like I might be wrong. But my thing with my thing with what I've been seeing people really concerned and calling fascism is that it's clearly wearing these things like a costume and picking up thing after thing to like, you know, it just keeps morphing into all these different shapes and has no solid trajectory. And then with the, like when you include concepts of like QAnon's weird energy and like all that shit, it just goes in so many directions that 
I am, you know what I mean? Like maybe I overcorrected and maybe I'm wrong and maybe MAGA is fascism. You know, I'm down to be totally considering checking that and I think fully 180. I feel like what's being you're expressing is struggling with the binary of fascism, not fascism. It's rainbow fascism. What we're dealing with right now is rainbow fascism. Yes, I think that's the. Th- I'm resisting the binary, and in order to resist the binary, I jumped on the rhetoric and just veered left. I just jerked the wheel. I mean, like, noted. Like, yeah. Noted. Move on. The point is, is we gotta understand these cycles of violence if we're gonna make any claims of trying to dissolve them. And I think there's ways that we can do that. And I think there's ways we can do it communally and without oppressing each other. And that's, that's all I really want to say. I, I, I really, I kind of, I feel like I've said all I want to say for this episode, we could sum it up in two parts, three parts, maybe there's literally open calls for civil war right now, period. That is not a lie. They exist. The only reason I even have access to them is because people who are on top of this shit undocumenting this, uh, were able to save the things that social media has been scrubbing. It was a live stream. Yeah. And somebody, and somebody took out censored. It got, I think yeah. the account got banned or whatever, but someone who's, again, doing a lot of free labor for us right now mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, is staying on top of that shit so that we, the public, and each other can see what's going on on a macro and a micro level as above, so below. And the, another component of this call, this act, this energy that exists that is one aspect that's overt and obvious, the actual calling for civil war on a mass scale is pretty poignant point but even if you don't want to vacillate on the frustrations of having pointed out where these things were going a while ago it's still happening with overt manifestations and if you're a centrist if you have access to resources if you're not the cycle of violence that can seem like a binary because when you're in a spin and you're pressed up against the wall the person opposite from you is going to seem like the opposite side of a binary just know that like if it comes down to sharing or protecting those two qualities are going to define large parts of the spin that you're in. So like if your story about things shattering is you're going to hole up in your house and hoard resources with guns, that's one thing. That's an energy. That is an action. That is, that is, that is a political action of a core of a core tenant. If your reaction is to, immediately reach out and communicate with people and find out who's struggling to help them cope so we can all problem solve together. That's its own component. They exist in a circular spiral. So we'll find variations of those two perceived polarities and they, and they exist. They have many names and, and positions and, and claims that people make around all of it. But if we can get used to identifying that at bare minimum, we can have honest conversations across the binaries that we see each other across from each other in the spin that we're caught in. Yeah.
would like to thank our patrons on Patreon and everyone who's bought our merchandise on TeePublic. Find the links to all that stuff and our social links on goodmorningmayberry.com. We've got closed captioned episodes on YouTube. Subscribe, listen, and rate us on all the podcast spots. If you're wondering who we are, we is me and my demons. And you can join the Legion by following our Tumblr, Twitter, or Instagram, jumping on the Patreon, or just buying one of our shirts and wearing that around, drinking the tears of whoever you like the least uh, out of one of our mugs. And uh, coming back and checking out the next episode. I'm Shift. And always remember to never forget. It would seem that the only way to get out of that is learning how to talk to each other and and look at the limitations of our movement that are just simply structural so that we can all be still enough to be nuanced enough in our cooperation to start pulling these hooks out. And the more hooks we start pulling out, the more freedom of movement we'll have to address the amount of hooks that need to come out. And because we're all wrapped up in each other and been asleep, and because we all have these hooks, we have like a tremendous amount of skill sets that apply to how we would need to do this. We got to understand these cycles of violence if we're going to make any claims of trying to dissolve them. And I think there's ways that we can do that. And I think there's ways we can do it communally and without oppressing each other. Okay. So let's have a little decompression together. That was a different kind of an episode. I first want to talk a bit about my emotions and what was happening with them throughout. I was not crying because of the content in the video. I was crying out of both frustration and um, elation at witnessing an illustration of concerns I have been desperately trying to convey to loved ones who are no longer in my life uh, due to every fault of their own. And I say that as I, as I stare at a picture of someone who is no longer in my life due to no fault of his own, who, uh, frankly, has acted as a token you know, just because nothing's happened, really. That's all I can say about it now is just it's the more I've used his name, the more I've talked about him, the more vain it's felt to mention Frankie Mead and, uh, you know, what I was trying to do. Uh, I, conf- I confounded things, or maybe I didn't. I think maybe perhaps I was effective. Perhaps there were others like me. And we were all effective, and our narrative was uh, was working. Because what ended up happening ultimately was there was an increased campaign to silence the narrative that I was bringing. And I'll I'll just say that right after the DNC VP fuckery, uh, a video came out of Harris looking weaselly and and strange, talking about. Russian bots and trolls, just this like slick, drippy, weird vibe going on, saying that Russian bots and trolls were saying all the things that I had been saying for over a year. And the very next day, all up on the Internet, I was doing what I always did and saying the things I always say. And there came people calling me a Russian bot, a troll, 
laughing at my pain, telling me that my story and Frankie's story was not real, uh, committed, convinced that I was there to disrupt the only possible savior to rescue them from their inevitable foe's captivity. I was also crying because I've had to stop loving people. They've asked me to, essentially. And it's complicated because it's not, it's not that I stop loving them altogether, it's that it inverts into, I guess what people are feeling compelled to refer to as hate. That's what I've been told. They think that I am being when I, when I say to them that the choices that they are making to seek security in a toxic institution have the potential to kill us all. And if people don't stay mindful, if they allow themselves to be taken by propaganda and fallacious movements, there's just nothing left for us to be. I don't know what that world even really is supposed to look like. There's no plan. Even with the security of having like a nation and a political party protecting you because you're, you're on that team, where is this all heading but to some kind of a, a to an inevitable peaking? And I guess where, where I'm maybe naive, maybe delusional, maybe just completely outright, which would be interesting because I just got I just got a full psyche vow. And I talked about all of this shit throughout uh, that did not come back with uh, with any indication that this part of my psychology is problematic. In fact, quite the opposite, quite the opposite. It was interesting, actually. I thought that I was going to be getting a lot more redirection and, uh, you know, here's where you're off. And there's plenty of that. There's plenty, there's a lot of places in which I'm off, but none of them have to do with how I spend my time sociopolitically, how I spend my energy sociopolitically. That said, my intention is to figure out ways of facilitating discourse on charged topics in a container. And unfortunately, these topics are not gonna feel pleasant and safe. That's why we need the container. I resist war being inevitable right now, but I have carried that message for years and I've lost people in my life. I've lost loved ones just for saying that to them, just for talking to them about it and, and trying to show them the burning fuse that I found on this bomb that we are pressed up against right now. That said, this is all heavy and this is my ministry. This is what I do. So it would be great if you could hop on the Patreon. We also have shirts and like fanny packs and cute things for sale in the merch store on the website. We'll be adding more products there soon. It's a hell dimension. It's a hell dimension. And who stops writhing first so that we can safely get these fish hooks out? And is there a way to actually get these fish hooks out safely? How do we do it when some people may just inherently resist the notion of it or be too traumatized to stop moving? Hit us up on the social media. While it's still there, who knows? They could close us down anytime. We also have an email address that is connect at goodmorningmayberry.com. 
You can find all the social handles on the website. I say that in the little end cap, but I'm going to say it again. I really enjoy hearing from all of you. I do. Uh, so that's that's the episode. <laughs>